You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Welcome back. Um, Last week, I took a little break um, from posting a new podcast. We have had a whirlwind of weddings. We had four in a row, but I'm happy to be back and have a new episode for you guys this week. Uh, This week, it is with Jessica of Lyset Designs. And if you are a needle pointer or maybe you're someone who just wishes that they could needle point like me, then I'm sure you've heard of Lyset Designs. Uh, They have a store in Palm Beach and also Newport and have done collaborations with some of my favorite people as well. Uh, So let's get into the interview in a second. But before we do, I want to remind you guys um, that a great way to support this podcast is by sharing it with a friend. So texting a friend a link to listen, um, sharing on Instagram, telling people to check out the Preppy Podcast, and of course, also giving a review in the Apple iTunes store uh, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I really appreciate that. Um, And now let's get into the interview. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? So I am Jessica Myers. I had to think about that because I got married last year. Um, And I live in South Florida, but we are going up to Rhode Island a bunch too. So I kind of feel like I'm in both places. And I own Lysette Designs, a needlepoint company. I love that. And it's been on my to-do list to learn how to needlepoint. I tried during COVID, um, Mm -hmm. but I think just learning via videos alone was not a good situation for me. I need to go to a class. There's some great stores here locally too. So I'll have to check that out. Um, but tell me about growing up first. Like, were you entrepreneurial? Um, were you into like style or design? Like what was your childhood like and where did you grow up? So I grew up in South Florida and I was always very into interior design. I was like obsessed with you know, making my bedroom cute and just all things like aesthetic, you know. Um, On the entrepreneurial side, I had like a lemonade stand. And, you know, if I wanted something new from like American Girl doll, I would hustle to (laughs) make that happen. Um, So no, I, I, I always grew up with, you know, a mind towards aesthetics and my mom needle pointed too. And okay. so that was always a part of my life as well. Okay. I, I was going to ask when needlepoint first was part of your life. So I guess it was watching your mom needlepoint growing up though. Yeah. My mom needle pointed growing up. My aunt needle pointed. She actually went to the Royal School of Needlepoint in oh London. I know. Who that knew? sounds so fancy. I don't know what that is, but it sounds amazing. It's Yes, it's crazy. They teach you everything from like needlepoint to making lace, just so insane. Um, so I grew up around all of that. But of course, you know, when your mom is 
telling you to do something and you're young, you're kind of like eye rolling and being a brat and being like, no, I don't, you know, you said it's cool. So how do I know it's cool? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until a girl in my barn, I, I horseback rode growing up until she was needle pointing that I really got into it. And then of course I, you know, asked my mom, have you heard of this needle point thing? And she just eye rolled so hard. She was like, yes, I've been telling you about it for years. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. So um, then where and what did you study? Like, where did you go to college if you went? And obviously you have your own business now, but was it anything to do maybe with, you know, marketing or um, business or was it something completely different? So I went to George Washington in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I studied marketing and fine arts, which at the time I had no clue what I wanted to do. I wanted to go, I knew I wanted to go into something fashion or interior design based. And actually my first year at GW, I was in the interior design program and it wasn't until we started getting into all the mathematics of planning everything that I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. I'm not a math person. So Then I went into marketing and fine arts, and I think it really helped lay the groundwork for knowing how to brand a business. It it really helped me in that regard. Definitely. I feel like a lot of us who, you know, I'm in the same boat. I've always loved fashion. I knew I wanted to do something in the fashion world, but like I knew I didn't want to be a designer. And so I think a lot of us in that same boat where we have, you know, an interest in style or an interest in interior design, um, we fall back on the the marketing or like communications degree because we're like, eh, it's broad enough. We can do a lot with that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And like, I think if people knew how much goes into interior design, it's insane. I have so much respect for my friends between all the codes that you need to know. And then, like I said, all the computer programs, it was just making my head spin. I was like, I will stick to painting and putting together presentations and case studies. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So you have your marketing degree then, and what did you decide to do with it? Like, What was your first career out of college then? So I actually worked at a needlepoint shop my oh first at the college. Yeah, I had worked part-time at it during college, the point of it all in DC, because needlepoint is expensive and I couldn't afford it. Um, I also worked at a hair salon because I wanted highlights, you know, too. Hey, that's savvy. I know. Exactly. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, if something is out of your budget, just like go work in that field and get a discount. <laughs> um, so that was actually my first job out of college is I managed the point of it all in DC. But before that, I had worked in, done internships um, at Merrill Lynch, which was a joke because again, numbers. <laughs> and it was like a pass-fail internship. And I think the only reason I passed was because I made them banana bread and pie, <laughs> literally, <laughs> like every other day. Um, but then I also did, I interned at Jack Rogers, which taught me a lot about marketing and social media. And I did a ballet uh, company, which did, taught me a lot about fundraising. So all together, it was kind of all in the arts and all led to, to needlepoint in some way. 
Definitely. I always, when I was in college, I had like a million different jobs and they were all at like shoe stores or clothing stores or bathing suit stores. And it's the same reason because I, I had expensive taste and I wanted some nice clothes and shoes. But I also think it lays the groundwork for knowing how to do a lot of things, you know, like you learn customer service and working at a retail store of any sorts. You um, learn a little bit about the back end of like buying or um, maybe even the bookkeeping or, um, you know, the, the inventory side. So I always say like dabble in a lot because you don't really know where you'll end up or what those, um, those jobs will help later down the line with. A hundred percent. And if you're planning on opening a small business, you're not doing one thing, you're doing everything. And so having all those experiences, whether you know, it's answering phones in a hair salon and learning how to talk to customers or doing marketing for Jack Rogers. It all relates to what you're doing later. There's not one hat that you wear when you're doing a small business. You're kind of just, you know, putting out fires all over the place. Yep. So now when did you decide to start your own business then? Was it right after working, um, for this other needlepoint business in DC or did you do something in between? Like, tell me about that. So I was sick of the winters in DC (laughs) and my contract was for a year and I had the option to renew and I, we had gotten hit with some crazy snowstorm I remember. And I was just like, I'm out. I'm a Florida girl. You know, I can do like a a two-week ski vacation or a week ski vacation, (laughs) but months of it is not my wheelhouse or my Mm -hmm. strong suit. So I came back down to Florida and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was working like odd jobs and just trying to kind of find my passion. And I decided that I wanted to design Needlepoint because when I had been at the store, I noticed that there weren't designs that were geared towards younger women. Mm -hmm. They were all kind of more traditional Needlepoint when you think about it, like, you know, cats rolling around in baskets with yarn and like all this kind of stuff. And so I started by just wanting to design things that would that I wanted to stitch that I thought were cute. And so Okay. So first then came the business of designing them then before your store, is that correct? Yeah. So I actually did wholesale for two years and learned a lot about the back end of the needlepoint industry, which was invaluable. I highly recommend that before anyone you know, opens a store or anything, do wholesale and and learn about the industry and how it works and the nuts and bolts and how to navigate it and the politics and all that. So I did wholesale and then I was still young at the time. I think I was like 26 and doing wholesale is great, but working from home is very, can be very isolating. And I was single at the time and I was losing my mind. I was like, I'm talking to my dog way too much. I need to get out. So I started looking for a space in Palm Beach and I looked for probably six months uh, because I wanted to make sure that there was parking and it was accessible and the building was beautiful. And 
we eventually, I eventually found a space and signed and then decided to do retail. And here, here we are. Oh my gosh. That's like such a cool journey. So let's go back a little bit. Okay. So when you are designing, when you first started doing that, I mean, that's a different skill set. It's one thing to know how to needlepoint something, but then how to design these canvases. And cause that I feel like probably requires a little bit of art or like some sort of skit, like design skill. So how did you learn how to do that? And um, what was the process like to first getting that wholesale business started? Oh my gosh. Um, I am very <laughs> lucky in the fact that I've always had fabulous mentors in my life. And so I knew how to do the painting and the drawing and everything because of my fine arts degree. Oh, yes. But actually getting it to Canvas and learning about like needlepoint conventions, like who knew, right? That there's yeah. like needlepoint conventions and trade shows that you would never think, but of course there are. Um, I was very lucky that uh, Tracy Robinson from uh, Tilly Thomas, who does like pepper pot fibers and all these fibers that needlepointers would be know about because they're in every single store. She was a family friend and she kind of guided me and was a really great mentor in getting me set up and teaching me like, okay, this is the trade show you need to go to, or this is the paint that you use. It I was really blessed in that regard. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. That, I don't even know. I feel like that's always the hardest part is like making it happen once you have the idea. Um, so with that, then with the wholesale that worked well, like did, how did that change over the years? You said you did it for like two years, right? So were, did you start with just, you know, five canvases and then later you were doing 10 or um, tell me a little bit more about the wholesale and then I want to get into the store more. So the wholesale, I started being more design based and thinking, you know, I really want to do like a Doty Thayer lettuce wear inspired canvas. And then I put that on 18 mesh, which for needle pointer or non-needle pointers is like the smallest walls that you can have. And you have to be like very brave to do them. (laughs) And so I all my designs were 18 mesh because I'm a detail person. And mm-hmm. so I, when I went to my first trade show, I learned very quickly, like, no, most people want 13 mesh, you know? So the wholesale line evolved with me just learning more what stores needed and what customers wanted. And I would have never known that if I hadn't done wholesale first with talking with store owners and, and getting a feel for what the market really was lacking and what it needed more of. That is such a good tip. Yeah. That's so funny that you, you know, you liked a certain thing, but then it seemed like the masses wanted something else a little bit easier. Like that was the bulk of the business. Um, So I think that's smart and it's interesting. You started wholesale and then, you know, had your own store. Cause I feel like a lot of times it's reverse for brands, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought that for needlepoint, it's a lot easier. It's not like clothing. Um, it takes a lot less capital to do wholesale first. So that's oh, that part of sense. why I did it. Um, you, There's not these crazy minimums that you get in clothing or interior design or anything. So doing wholesale first was less of a risk. That makes sense. Because yeah, with a storefront, you have the overhead, obviously, of the rent and then people to work there when you're not there, et cetera. Exactly. Um, so I- smart. 25 signing a lease was like (laughs) so scary. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. 
<laughs> it's like signing your dog over and everything you own. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, no, I'm going to wait. And so I signed the lease at 27 when I was a little more mature and felt like I had my footing more in the industry. So let's talk about the store because I have been in your Palm Beach store and it is gorgeous. You're around some amazing, you know, other businesses right there too. Um, So tell me like how you came across this gem. You said there were things you were looking for, obviously like parking and um, location and how the building looked, but like how long were you thinking about it and then actually signed the lease? Um, And then talk to me about even you know, some of the design in the store and what people can find um, and why that's important. Cause I think it's a beautiful um, space inside too. Thank you. So I had always been visualizing since I started designing Needlepoint that I wanted to have a store in Palm Beach. And I'm a big believer in visualization and, you know, as crazy as it sounds like putting that energy out there. So for years I had just been in my head thinking about this gorgeous space that had lots of light and beautiful architectural features and was part of, you know, a historic area of Palm Beach. And so when we, I started looking with my real estate agent, I had put all those things down and I was very, very specific about what I wanted. And so it made it very easy to weed out what I didn't want, if that makes sense. Um, I so much time dreaming about it. And I remember I used to create like mood boards and, you know, what I wanted the inside to look like. And so it was very easy to find because I was so particular. Um, it was easy once it came on the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not easy. Um, but yeah, once we found it, it was like all bits on the ground go and the space itself, even without the interior design, is so beautiful. It has a brick bay window in the front. It has a gorgeous courtyard in the back that's great for, like, cocktail parties or teaching needlepoint. And it has huge ceilings. I don't know. You just walk in, and it's very, very pretty and feels welcoming. And so the minute I walked in, I was sold, and I felt like customers would be too. It almost feels like – a home, if that makes sense. Like not so much a store, just because I feel like the brick and like the courtyard, it makes it feel more homey and welcoming and less just like stark, if that makes sense. Yes. And that was always my goal is I think you want customers to feel like they're a part of something special and that they're a part of your life and a part of your home. And frankly, I like can't go work anywhere that's not aesthetically pleasing. So also selfishly, I was like, this needs to be pretty or I'm not showing up to work. (laughs) So when we started designing and thinking about it, I also chose stuff and maybe this is pessimistic where I was like, okay, if, you know, we do our three-year lease and I decide that I don't like this or I want to go in another direction, I can take all this furniture home and I love it. Smart. Yeah. Exactly. So I've designed all the stores like that where I'm like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then I am happy having this in my house. Yeah. No, I think that's genius though. Um, You always need a backup plan. Like you want to think obviously everything's going to go great, but always a backup plan. Exactly. So, and you also have a space now in Newport. Is that correct? Yes, we have a space in Newport. We grew a bunch during COVID because it seems like everyone started needlepointing, which Mm -hmm. is so exciting. I'm 
thrilled that so many new needle pointers are out there. And we had the opportunity to expand. And so I love the Northeast. I had always spent summers, you know, in the Northeast growing up. And I really wanted to be in New England. And we always try to open in places where there is not a needlepoint store currently. And so Newport did not have a needlepoint store. I'm shocked. I know. So we just decided, let's go for it. And I signed the lease without seeing the space in person. I trusted my friend Liz, uh, who's a realtor up there, and she FaceTimed me and I was like, let's do it. Um, And then, of course, my friend Rudy came and helped design and now it's open and my friend Betty's running it and it's fabulous. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's awesome. So I want to talk with you a little bit about marketing. Like mm-hmm. what's been been your biggest tool for getting the word out and whether it's about, um, you know, your stores or your offerings, like what's helped? Do you think it's social media? Do you think it's word of mouth? Like tell me a little um, bit about that. So I think social media is really great for getting people in the door, mm-hmm. but then I think once they're in the door as a business, you can either, you know, gain them as lifelong customers very quickly or lose them very quickly. And so I think word of mouth and our biggest asset and tool has been our employees. They're really passionate about what they do and they give off great, amazing energy that our customers like to work with. And then they tell other people and then they keep coming back and it's fabulous. That's awesome. And like, I guess that's a good point as I feel like you have a great social media following. And I think a lot of wonderful influencers, you know, and post about you all the time, but I'm sure there's lots of people that go in there just because they've seen it on social media, but then you have to have the great employees to convert them to customers and, you know, make them feel welcome and um, like kind of give them the education that they need for it. A hundred percent. A needle point in the past um, is historically has not been the uh, friendliest hobby, <laughs> which sounds crazy, but I remember growing up, we would go into needlepoint stores all the time because my mom needlepointed and no one would say hi to you when you walked oh. in, which is insane. Like you're in retail, like be welcoming and friendly. And so I've always told everyone like, this is like our home and we're like hosting people and say hi and ask how their day is and just like, be friendly and be affable. And it makes so much sense. And it seems like it should just come so naturally. But in the past, it definitely has not for the needlepoint industry. Definitely. That's so interesting. Um, Now, I want to talk to you about collaborations, because I know you've done some great ones. uh, Specifically, I think with Melissa most recently, who I I love and adore. Um, But talk to me about, you know, the thought process behind them, like why they're important to your business and um, why you like them? So I love collaborations. (laughs) Literally, I've done them with, we work with Rudy Saunders, who's um, also decorated a bunch of our stores, Melissa, who is just amazing. I know it sounds like you know her pretty well too. She's so cool. Mm -hmm. And then my friend Kelly, who just the Lady Derby, and we have some coming out that I can't share yet. But I love collaborations because as a small business, it's so easy to get stuck in your one viewpoint and your one 
aesthetic or way of looking at business and through collaborations, you're able to expand that and you're able to be pushed to think in different ways and to design in different ways. And there's also just so many great people out there that as a business, if we have the opportunity to shine a spotlight on someone, I want to do that. You know, I want to like highlight them and, and help their name be known and their talents be known. Definitely. I think I say this all the time, but collaboration is like the future. I think after COVID, that's what everyone came out of it with is working with other people because you both can benefit from that, whether it's a different viewpoint or it's reaching new customers um, or it's just like comes down to having fun together, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, Melissa and I, Rudy and I, Kelly, it's like trouble. Like Greg's like my husband. He's like, are you guys doing any work? I'm like, whatever now. No, it's, it's totally, I agree the way of the future. And I think after COVID, we all just want some form of connection and collaboration really affords us that opportunity. Yep. Now, I want to ask you, what would you say your greatest challenge has been? Like, is it an online presence? Like transferring website sort of situation? Is it the the boring stuff like the bookkeeping? Like what's the hardest part about what you do business-wise? Um, well, a lot of small business is so tough, which is why you have to hire people that are like really great at things that you are bad at. Like I am really bad with communication, which sounds crazy, <laughs> but I like hate emails and it gives me such anxiety. And my husband who manages our Palm Beach store does not have any anxiety about it. And so he's like right on top of it, um, which is great. He also does like the bookkeeping. So all those kind of things, like the details are really tough for me. Mm -hmm. I do not excel with them. Um, I love details in design, but details in business, I'm like, oh my gosh, these (laughs) They make me itchy. So I find or hire people or marry people (laughs) are really good at that. That's great advice. Yeah. And I'm definitely more big picture. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So speaking of your husband, Mr. Needlepoint, um, how long has he been part? Was it has he always had an interest in business? Like, what was the part of bringing him onto the team? And tell me more about that and him. So he has always been entrepreneurial too. Like I fell in love with him a little bit on our first date when he told me that he really wanted to go to, and now I'm blanking on it. Who is the guy from the Beatles? (laughs) Um, Um, (laughs) Now we're both blanking on it. I know. Wait, not Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Yes. Okay. So you can tell I am a Rolling Stones girl. I'm just putting that out there. Um, so he really wanted to go to a Paul McCartney concert growing up and he was young and didn't have the money. So he like mowed lawns until he could buy the tickets. So he's always been like entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, but it was cute when we were dating, he would come and hang out 
and help at the stores uh, or help at the Palm Beach store on Saturdays uh, before he worked for Lysette officially because he wanted to see what I did and he wanted to spend time with me, which was so cute. I know. And it was really funny because he would give customers advice. Like they would ask, you know, what fiber do you think or what color? And he would say stuff like, well, you know, I I would recommend DMC cotton, but what what do I know? I've only been needle pointing like two weeks, which I think is (laughs) hilarious. Um, But during COVID, he was like so many people furloughed. And so at that time, my grandmother was passing away. So I went up to Massachusetts to be with her and my family while that was going on. And he kind of ran the store with my friend Betty down in Palm Beach. And we were engaged at the time. And we talked about it and we were like, you're such a great asset and customers love you. Do you want to just come on full time? And he did. And, you know, when he got offered to to go back to the work that he had been at before Lyset, he just decided to stay. And what a blessing that's been. He's like just streamlined the company in ways that I could never because, again, details I don't like. Oh my gosh. I love that. How fun is that, that you guys get to work with each other? Yes. Fun, but also challenging at times. (laughs) Working with your significant other is definitely tough if you don't have the communication and the roles down. Like working together definitely forced us to get into very quickly, like issues that we had been like sweeping under the rug, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it could. I also think there's some people that can do it and some people that can't. Like me and my fiance, I think we would kill each other if we worked together. Like we just have opposite personalities that would just totally clash. But my parents, I think they would be excellent working together. So I think, you know, you have to have a little bit of that. And it sounds like you guys already have, you guys are able to work together to begin with. Yes. So far, so good. We'll see. <laughs> no, you agree. Yeah. Um, what would you say has been your greatest success or like a pinch me moment or something you're really proud of in terms of business? Um. Oh, this is funny. So I don't check my email. <laughs> I'm like so bad at it. And so Greg always teases me about it. And he's like, are you going to check your email? And he'll like pop in there from time to time to see if there's anything pressing. And town and country had reached out and I had no clue. (laughs) Check my email. And after that, I've learned to check my email. And so, or I'm trying to. Or have someone check it for you at least. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So like that was a huge pinch me moment um, because when I started the business, I remember I wrote down 10 goals and that was one of them. And and I've checked all them off now, which is so cool. Um, but that was like definitely a pinch me moment or opening new. I mean, we've been, I've been blessed with so many great moments that I'm just grateful for all of it. Oh my gosh. That is a funny story, but also like, wow, town and country. I feel like that's such an iconic magazine. So to be featured in that is amazing. I know. And to have Greg be like, well, if you had checked your email, I was like, oh my gosh. You're like, I wonder over the years how many emails I did not. I know. I know. I know. I was like, I just can't even think about it. (laughs) Um, Where do you get inspiration for when it comes to new designs? Like, do you love going to museums or looking through Pinterest? Like, how do you get inspiration for new designs? So I 
do love going to museums. My grandma always was a docent at a museum growing up, so that definitely has a factor. I love traveling. I think that opens your eyes more than anything, and it doesn't even have to be to you know a foreign country. There's so many cool things like around us that even you know going to the next town over and trying a new restaurant there, you're going to get inspired. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I do love Pinterest. I really love going into the store and just like hearing what employees, um, what customers and employees like want to see and what people are asking for. I think that really determines what we design too. That's really cool. Um, Now, since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy? Um, I think Preppy is a value set. And I think it's really based on not only heritage and tradition, but everyone that I consider preppy is always working on bettering themselves in some way. So whether it's education or mental health um, or staying active, you know, that to me is like very, very preppy, just kind of those really great down to earth values. I love that. I haven't heard that answer before, but I really like that. And I think that is very true when I think about it. Yeah. Um, who would be your dream customer or like dream collab? Um, there is this um, woman in the cosmetic industry, Gucci Westman. Mm-hmm. And I am like obsessed with her. <laughs> And would fangirl out if she came in to Lysette. I think her... Did she needlepoint? No. I was like, wait, this is so random. (laughs) I know. It's so random. I just, like, love her aesthetic. I love her story. And I think it would be so cool. I went down this rabbit hole. Um, I was sick earlier this year. And Betty... Our uh, manager in Newport was sick at the same time, and I swear we spent like literally two days watching every video on her YouTube channel, and we became obsessed, and we're both like, okay, if she comes into either store, you have to call me right away. So, Gucci Westman. Okay, we're putting that out there. Yeah. And now, like, I'm like, I have to go through these videos, too, and, like, learn more about her. (laughs) She just seems, like, so down to earth and not ego-driven, you know, and I think a lot of like social media right now is very ego driven Mm -hmm. and that's like a big turnoff for me. And so she just seems like the kind of woman that you could be like, Gucci, let's go have a cup of coffee, (laughs) you know? And like, she's still like so glamorous and, and seems like she has a really great sense of humor. So. (laughs) I love that answer because I have not heard that before. And I feel like I will not hear that again. It's always Kate Middleton, Reese Witherspoon, but I like that answer. That's so different. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, she's like a female entrepreneur, too. So I would love to chat with her. And I think hearing about um, a different industry is always so interesting. Yeah. No, for sure. And there is overlap, I feel like, between anything, like, in design or aesthetic or style. Like, there's a lot of trends that carry over and, like, styles that carry over. So... A hundred percent. So what's next for you? Any sneak peeks? Any new things you're working on that you can share? 
Um, well, we just signed another office space in oh. Beach, which is very exciting. So we're going to be expanding a little bit. I can't say in what ways yet, oh. but um, we have some very, very fun things up our oh. sleeve that I can't okay. wait to share this summer. Um, this summer the, you're going to share? Yeah, this summer I'm going to okay. share. But in the meantime, I'm trying to like decorate it and organize it. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't wait to see what this is. Yeah. My final question is where can people find you? Let everyone know your website URL, your social media handle. That way they can follow along and shop and support you and go to the store. Um, okay. So it's LysetteDesigns.com and then our Instagram is Designs. And then we are located in Palm Beach at 230 South County Road with the Brick Bay window. You'll see us. And then in Newport at 92 Williams Street. And we have a, a big glass window too. So you'll see us there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. This was a ton of fun. I love chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so flattered. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 